All right, guys, welcome into the Saturday special. I'm Kevin Pettit from Loud Americans Discussing Soccer or LADS Podcast. This is your Saturday special. You guys are just waking up, crack of dawn in, in the morning, and I am joined by the Who Kicked the Corner Flag podcast, James, Boyce, and Jared. I am very happy to have these guys on the podcast. They've had me twice on their show. It is a fun game show soccer podcast twist on the usual you know, soccer format, just two dudes talking, hanging out, just talking about soccer is a very fun show. Um, so James, Boyce, Jerry, thank you guys for coming on and please elaborate on your show because obviously I did a very poor job. So go ahead. Uh, you actually did a pretty good job. Um, see, I'm James. Uh, I'm the host. Um, obviously, Boyce and Jared will introduce themselves. But uh, yeah, the show itself, uh, Who Kicked the Corner Flag? It's a uh, Premier League um, game show, like you said. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about other leagues as well, like the FA Cup and uh, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we start with different segments where I have the guys uh, quiz each other, if you like, or test their knowledge on all things Premier League, mostly from the the games from that weekend. Uh, we'll play rounds of Rumor Mill, which is uh, lines from the press, if they're true or false, and the guys will have to kind of figure out if I made stuff up or not. Uh, and then obviously we'll finish usually with a, a game of player profile where I give clues to uh, current Premier League players. And again, the guys have to be the first to guess who the player is. And it's a lot of fun. We have a running tally. Boyce is currently in lead uh, by six to five. So it's all good fun. Uh, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for having us on your show, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, no problem. This is an honor. We love having, you know, different accents on this show. So, James, <laughs> obviously, this is a pleasure. Um, it makes it gives us more, you know, authenticity. So this is honestly, this is the only reason I have you on, James, because you sound great. <laughs> no, um, it's, all, so... it's all fake, honestly. It's, uh... <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty good. You should you should hear mine. I sound like a Peaky Blinder, like I'm a Brummie. So I'm like, boy, oh, we're going, we're going. All right. So, uh, boys, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Boyce. I am the branch manager for the KC Gooners, which on Twitter and Instagram is at KC Gooners. We've been around since 2012, so we are the uh, original supporters club in the Kansas City area. Uh, it, it's been a pleasure. You know, it's one of those things where James talked a little bit about this year's record on who kicked the corner flag, 6-5. to five. It's all well and good. I'm pretty sure last year I won by about 10. So, uh Jared's on his way back. <laughs> yeah, they've much like Tottenham's history, they've been deleted. Uh, Ooh, so okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit of the flavor of what you get on a Who Kicked the Corner Flag Flag podcast. So uh, a little, a little appetizer yeah. into the whole thing. Thank you very much for that having me on the speaking. show. Yeah, this used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jared, this... you want to introduce yourself since you're so eager. Oh, just very chipper, very chipper after the latest results and all of that. Uh, my name is Jared Bustamante. I am the uh, chairman of Casey Spurs here uh, in town, also the original Spurs group. I took this group over, oh, goodness, three, four years ago. Um, and uh, we are at Kansas City Spurs. Uh, tweets by myself and uh, my lovely wife, who I have converted uh, uh, into an ardent uh, Premier League supporter, uh, despite her best efforts so uh and uh we we duke we battle i admit i uh i think i i think boys had me statistically beaten probably sometime in april last year but uh you know what uh 
much like uh, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, I am trending upward. So I like I'm that. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, thank you guys again so much for coming on the show. And before we get into uh, what we have on um, shelf for today's show, we're going to be talking FA Cup. We're going to be talking January transfers. We're also going to be maybe doing a little preview of the weekend action. We got Man United Tottenham. We got some big six playing each other. Uh, before we get into that, uh, what kind of inspired? I'll leave this. I'll open this up to James, uh, the, who kicked the corner flag show like what brought what came about like you guys just like me and martin kind of the, the host of lads we just kind of got drunk and we kept yelling at each other and you know we we're like you know we should put a mic in front of ourselves you know <laughs> so what, what how did how did who kicked the corner flag come about exactly uh well i think it was almost similar with me and jared i guess we were watching uh spurs get horribly beaten by man city um and i Shocker, think at that yeah. point <laughs> And I think uh, maybe Jared can uh, agree with this or not, I can't remember, but uh, I think we both kind of sat in the bar and said, you know, we should, we should do our own podcast, you know, we should have our own little uh, spin on things. And, uh, you know, we got brainstorming about how we should kind of format it. Should it all just be about Spurs? Should it be more about the Premier League? And then I guess I kind of threw in the twist about making it more of a game show because I want it to be more about the listeners kind of getting involved with the show and kind of obviously hearing the analysis of what the guys have to say, but at the same time kind of testing their own knowledge uh, when they listen. Um, and then uh, Jared recommended Boyce uh, jump on. And uh, Boyce has been obviously great um, since he jumped on. Um, and in the, I guess the, the rest is kind of history. I mean, we just keep rolling week in, week out. Um, obviously get different guests on, such as yourself, Kevin. Um, but yeah, we, we have a blast doing it. Obviously, the Premier League gives us the, the fun stuff to talk about each week. Uh, same with the FA Cup. Um, so yeah, we just love doing it. It's a good time. And um, yeah, it's obviously fuels the love for soccer, so to speak. Mm. Oh, that's you know if hopefully you guys are black out as me and martin when you decided i mean that's, that's the only <laughs> hope i have um I'll, just a quick question about kansas city is there any like uh, we have a lot of beer connoisseurs is there any like good breweries or beer of choice out in kansas city that's oh, a voice question right there <laughs> i was yeah, gonna you, say you uh, voice over to you <laughs> i kind of feel like we have to give ultimate publicity to uh boulevard brewing company primarily oh. because they're they're a great uh, sort of general Kansas City ambassador, but the other reality is the fact that we have uh, seven dollar schooners of thirty two ounce Boulevard beers on tap at Johnny's during Casey Gooner's watch parties, and that's only they're only seven dollars. They're normally six, but we take a dollar and we donate uh, a dollar of every schooner that we sell to charity. And uh, uh, look at you great. guys, uh, yeah. I'm just Drinking I'm, for I'm, a purpose, Kevin. It's what we do. Uh, and usually we're it's just me. I just I drink to get drunk. That's my purpose. But I like that. That's actually like that's pretty good. But I will say I have it's one pretty... more. Uh, go ahead, Jared. I was just gonna say uh, shout outs also to uh, Torn Label Brewing Company and Stockyards Brewing Company who have been uh, generous providers of beer for uh, Heartland Gooners over the last four years and uh, great Kansas City citizens as well. So if anyone's in Kansas City, wants to check out breweries, we have Boulevard, we have Torn Label, uh, we have Stockyards, and then I'm going to throw it to Jared for the requisite plug for the uh, Kansas City Spurs brewery. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, our home pub is, in fact, a brewery, uh, Strange Days Brewing, down in a neighborhood uh, here in Kansas City called the River Market. Uh, they are our home our, our home base, and they make some absolutely fantastic beer. If you're ever in Kansas City, 316 Oak Street, down the River Market, uh, it is absolutely fantastic. And during Spurs uh, uh, watches, a dollar of every beer goes to uh, uh, Literacy KC, uh, which is a 
a great organization here that teaches uh, uh, adults uh, uh, how to read and therefore job hunting and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, goodwill with uh, with some beer drinking. I will have to give credit to my wife there as Strange Days approached us and said, hey, this is great. We love you guys. How about a dollar off beer? And I said, yes, yes. They're going to give us a dollar <laughs> off beer. And my wife goes, well, how about we take that and donate it? And I said, yes, let's donate that. And Absolutely. Whatever the missus says, yes. Uh, so she is obviously uh, uh, far kinder than I am. But, uh, you know, charity abound and uh, plenty of solid beer drinking here in the city, let me tell you. I will say just to uh... – because Jared referenced it, and I think it's a good point. Our dollar, and this is not even really in a competition, because I think literacy Casey does a great job too. Uh, Casey Gooners, if you ever come drink with us at Johnny's, our dollar goes to Hope House, Kansas City, which is a uh, domestic violence shelter and uh, protection group nonprofit that helps uh, women, children, and men who are victims of domestic abuse. Oh, okay. Well, shout out to them. I mean, illiteracy and domestic abuse. That sounds like something for Floyd Mayweather. You got to give him a call. He'd be right down that fucking, uh, you know, that'd be his perfect, uh, you know, tandem. All right. Well, let's move on to some. (laughs) That's actually true. I mean, the guy has too much money. All right. So let's move on to some serious soccer talk, guys. I want to talk about some FA Cup. We had a lot of FA Cup matches throughout the week. Um, The big thing that, you know, the storyline is the FA Cup has kind of lost its mystique. It's kind of lost its, you know, punching power. A lot of people are saying that we as fans don't care much about it. We care more about the Premier League. We care more about the Champions League. Um, That winning, you know, as Arsenal fans, as me and boys, has kind of become the Arsene Wenger trophy that Arsene Wenger would win every year. And it would still be an unsatisfying (laughs) season. So my question to you is. What exactly can be done to increase interest and like public approval of the FA Cup? I've heard people say like maybe make it the fourth spot for the Champions League in the Premier League. I thought that was an interesting take. Um, what do you guys think has happened to the FA Cup and why has it lost its mystique and what can be done to fix it? So, James, if you want to open up, go right ahead. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's a really good question, honestly. And I think it's it's interesting, too, because everyone has different perceptions about the FA Cup these days. I mean, you take Arsenal's winning streak of however many years it was, I, I try and forget. Um, and you think, yeah, for Arsenal fans, this is great because it's silverware again and again and again. But for other teams like Spurs, who can't seem to win it, um, it can get kind of frustrating, you know. So in terms of the respect of it, it's kind of it's somewhat dependent on what teams you root for to a degree. Um, now, other teams, obviously, you take Liverpool, for example, who clearly, I mean, they didn't care, right? I mean, you saw their performance against Wolverhampton, their team lineup, and obviously, we talked about it um, just a few days ago on our podcast about their perception of it and why, what they think. And like I say, clearly, they didn't give a damn. Um, so nowadays, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I still think it's got a little bit of a reputation. I mean, if you were to compare it to like the the Carabao Cup, for example, which I think personally is is at the bottom of that list. I mean, I'd have to put the mm-hmm. FA Cup higher than that. He uh, says that for now until Spurs win it, and then <laughs> it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, I'll be very torn when that does happen, if it happens. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think the FA Cup is still kind of hanging in there, I must admit. I don't think it's co- something to be kind of completely forgotten about. But um, I, I do think that, yeah, if they made it more... You know, if if you did, if a team did win it, then a, a ticket to the Champions League would be, would give it more of a reputation for sure. But 
I do think the one thing that the FA Cup does do very well is allow teams that are in the lower leagues, like Tranmere Rovers, Stevenage, whoever it is, an opportunity to play uh, the Premier League guys and, you know, even have Harry Kane come on uh, against Tranmere, which to a Spurs fan be like, why is he doing that? But Pochettino then came out and said, you know, this is because we want to pay respect to Tranmere and give them an opportunity to see Kane. Great. So in that respect, the FA Cup is awesome. But I do take your point that they need to do something to make it a little more worthwhile, so to speak. Boyce, what, what are your thoughts? I, you know, I generally concur with James's perception of the situation, which is the fact that it's a team-by-team dependent sort of entity. I, I thought Klopp's tactic over the weekend was pretty interesting given the fact that I'm going to take the, (laughs) the sorry perspective on this, which is Klopp's won as many trophies as Pochettino has over the last four years. (laughs) And they may be in the lead in the league by four points, but again, they don't have any hardware and yeah, they made it to a champions league final last year, which is incredible, but they didn't win. And the fact that, they trotted out a B team against a Wolves team that they knew was playing at home and that would put out a fairly a fairly strong team. I don't think it was very much an upset on Monday. I would I called that match multiple weeks ago. It was completely unsurprising. That's a really good Wolves team. I mean, I'll give Tottenham all the stick in the world, but that's a good team and Wolves beat them. It's a situation where they're a dangerous club and Klopp did what he always does in these domestic cup competitions. And he played a weak lineup that he knew could lose. And he knew he was on the road to a premier league squad. So nobody would really bat an eyelash about it. It's all very strategic. He did the same thing in the EFL cup as well. But the reality of the situation is it's still hardware. It may only be slightly better than the EFL cup, but as an Arsenal fan that has three of them over the last five years, And it is really strange. I'm sitting and staring at a list of FA Cup winners over the last, you know, since the initiation of the Cup. And it is legitimately Arsenal, Arsenal, every (laughs) once in a while, a little Manchester United, and then a bunch of Chelsea and more Arsenal and then Chelsea again. Uh, They really do seem to be the only teams that are capable of winning it. And, you know, I think part of the reason is the fact that, and this isn't even really a, a shot at Spurs. It's just that, Wembley Stadium is now a part of the Premier League on a weekly basis. It's a situation where teams are playing at that stadium when they're playing away to Spurs every weekend. And Spurs are using it as a home ground. You're losing a little bit of the luster of Wembley because Mm -hmm. it's not unique anymore. It's a ground where everybody's playing. And now Spurs are playing in an EFL Cup semifinal at Wembley. Not because it's Wembley, but because it's their home ground. And... There's a little less impetus about that. But generally, I kind of agree. I would like to see the fourth Champions League spot become a spot available for the FA Cup winner. And for anybody that's worried that a team that shouldn't be able to qualify for the Champions League ends up taking that spot, if it becomes the fourth Champions League spot, it's just going to be a top six party anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean... Immediately when you do that, I think the only risk is that you'll never have Wigan in the final again. Mm, Which, you know, up the ticks, you know, that's all I got to say. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those situations where that's the reality. The minute that you make it mean something ultimately very substantial, 
is the minute that it just becomes the top six in the semifinals every year. And if you're the FA and you're the Premier League, maybe that's what you want. Mm. Well, Jared, what are your thoughts? I, you know, Boyce actually ended on the point that I was going to make, is that making it at the Champions League spot is an absolutely horrible idea. I mean, the FA Cup, it is the U.S. Open. It's the most democratic, right? Anybody who can come in and qualify and, you know, beat a Premier League squad, you're in. If you're Newport County and you want to, you know, that makes Spurs play a replay at home in Wembley, I don't think the past, you know, two years of Spurs playing home matches in the National Stadium has had that big of an effect. If you look at the uh, uh, attendance uh, since it moved back to the new Wembley after the Millennium Stadium in 2006, 2007, the place is sold out. And I wonder if, you know, this is kind of foisted upon us because now, you know, here in the States, we're finally now I have to pay to watch the FA Cup. That's absurd. I think this is more just where can, you know, uh, uh, where can ESPN make a buck uh, when Mm -hmm. they're upset that everybody is now going to a la carte television? I mean, I think it's more of a product of just uh, where we are uh, in modern television times than it is that the FA Cup actually losing its luster. I mean, you have, uh, uh, you know, we want the Wiggins, right? I mean, we want, you know, Portsmouth and Millwall. I mean, we want we want these teams to come in and just mm-hmm. screw with everyone's world. And I think Boyce hit the nail on the head. The moment you make this <laughs> about the Champions League, then it's just another top six. Mm. And then all it is is another gamble against, you know, uh, it with uh, what it already is versus Champions League and the League Cup and all of this stuff. Uh, no, keep it the way it is and uh, just let's all start a letter writing campaign to ESPN so we can watch them. Kevin, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt Jared. I just want to say one single thing in my diatribe about ESPN, which I would like to join Jared on, which is the mm-hmm. fact that this is crap. Like it's one of those situations where <laughs> as a branch manager, whether it's for Arsenal or for Spurs or whatever it is, this solely streaming aspect where it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare where you're relying on a bar's Wi-Fi service. You're delayed. Everybody has cell phones. They're on notifications. It absolutely robs the Premier League experience, the watch party experience, the thing that we started these groups for generally mm-hmm. of a lot of their luster by dragging people in for a subpar experience where the feed might not be very good. I, ESPN's guilty of it. NBC's guilty of it. We just blame ESPN a lot more because they have made the FA Cup solely available on ESPN Plus, which is just complete garbage. The fact that that Wolves Liverpool game on Monday wasn't available on actual TV is just robbing the Premier League of American viewers. Yeah, I always feel as though we're taking one step forward and two steps back all the time. Like we're doing this ESPN Plus streaming, but then. It's not good enough. We have NBC Gold, which is putting, you know, paywalls behind more content. And we always, you know, they do this narrative. These big networks are like, oh, we're trying to grow soccer. We're trying to grow soccer in America. And then, well, no, you're not like you you do these things. And it it bums me out. Honestly, I remember the Manchester uh, United pub here in Philly, the Black Sheep. 
uh, put out a tweet saying like, sorry, we, we don't have the game. I'm sorry. We tried to do ESPN plus, but we couldn't. And it's, it, it really upsets, it, it upsets me, you know? And like going back to Jared's point, um, we do want these Wiggins. We do want these Cinderella stories, these Leicester cities. So to his point, I do agree seeing these Cinderella, you know, David versus Goliath kind of stories is very fun. And, putting in the Champions League uh, aspect into it may ruin, you know, the whole mythos behind the FA Cup. So, but yeah, I, I totally agree with a lot of your points there. <clears throat> oh, okay. I'll keep going. Um, so <laughs> you are, you are the host. No, 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 no. I forgot. I, forgot, I thought, I thought, wait, I'm, I'm not on your show right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was so tempted to say something there. Like, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good. This is good. You know, it's authentic. It's genuine. It's what the people want. So moving on, we have, it's January. Happy new year, guys. I haven't said it. I'm an asshole. Happy new year. <laughs> you as well. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Um, we have the not January. Accepted. Nope. Okay. Uh, we have the January transfer window. Um, so a lot of big moves allegedly happening. Uh, the one I want to start with first is Chelsea. We have a striker's problem, some would say, um, but maybe quelled by Gonzalo Higuain, maybe coming this January transfer window from AC Milan. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Replacing Murata. I've been seeing a lot of things on the internet. Um, you know, the Spider-Man meme of Murata pointing at Higuain that they're essentially the same player uh, <laughs> who blow major chances, who are, you know, um, essentially two players who are good, um, sometimes just inconsistent, miss sitters. So what are your... I'll start off with James. What are your thoughts about Chelsea's striker problem? I know Batuai may also be coming back from loan from Valencia. So, James, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's obvious Chelsea uh, have a striker problem because Murata, uh, I can't remember the final value or how much they paid for him, but uh, clearly the return isn't there. I believe um, it was 58 million pounds, James. I mean, that's that's shocking. I mean, if that is, um, that is probably the case. And the fact that he's not netting... I mean, sure, we don't expect these Premier League players to net week in, week out, but... His return is clearly, again, I've got the stats, but I know they're going to be frighteningly bad for any Chelsea fan. Um, and it's sad because you look at a team like Chelsea where they've got players like Hazard and Rillian, you know, they've got really good players and they can't seem to connect to anyone up front because they haven't got the talent up front. Um, so, yes, they need a player. Uh, Higuain, sure, he'd be a good replacement. Uh, whether or not they get him, I mean, they could. The fact that they've officially announced now that they're getting uh, Pulisic, which is, I think, awesome for the U.S. especially because the uh, fan base in the U.S. now is going to blow up. Um, then, yeah, I think they, they do need a, 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 a replacement. I was actually quite surprised because I, I didn't realize that Batshuayi had actually gone on loan. And then when I heard he was coming back, I was like, oh, that, that makes sense for Chelsea. Great, they can they can fill that void. But now I'm hearing that he's going to, I can't remember which club it is, but he's going to another club. And I'm like, well, mm. wait a minute. I thought you guys were trying to fix this problem, but now you're kind of diverting it. <laughs> Seems kind of odd. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think, uh, honestly, in terms of who else they could get, I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to ask my, uh, my other buddies over at the uh, London is Blue podcast and see what they think about that. But uh, yeah, it is, it's an odd one because Chelsea always seem to be in the running uh, in that top six spot. Uh, mainly because of players like Hazard. 
But uh, if Hazard ends up leaving for Real Madrid, which is looking increasingly likely by the day, um, sure, they get Pulisic in, but they're, they're still missing that link. And as much as I love or not love Olivier Giroud, sorry, boys, um, he, <laughs> to me, doesn't quite seem like the uh, the solution there. I mean, he's a great super sub, as we've seen for Arsenal. Um, but I just, I, I think they need someone more substantial. And whether that's, you know, Higuain or, or someone else, um, I guess I guess time will tell. But uh, they've, they've got to fill that spot at Murata's Murata's got to go to West Ham or some club like that. Mm-hmm. Boys, Jared, what do you guys think? So, I mean, the idea that you spent fifty-eight million pounds on Murata a few years ago is absolutely ridiculous. I think it was about the same time that Arsenal picked up Lacazette. I'm James didn't have the stats in front of him. I've got them since two thousand seventeen. Murata has scored sixteen goals for Chelsea. And wow, I would, that is ugh. <laughs> oh, it, it's terrible. Seven, he, seven this year in all competitions. That's yeah, he only has five in the he only has five in the Premier League this year. It's just he's awful. That's and but that's Chelsea's mo. And I'm sorry for Chelsea fans. You have to at least commiserate on that front. You you bought some terrible players. Murad is one of them. They've squandered Hazard. I think he's gonna go. And, I, you know, that's the only thing that makes me comfortable about the Pulisic transfer is the fact that it looks like Williams on his way out. It looks like Pedro's probably going to go at some point. Hazard's going to leave. Maybe that leaves a spot for him to actually get minutes. But I think if you watch the Tottenham-Chelsea EFL Cup semifinal, you look at the fact that Chelsea have Hudson-Odoi, and they're apparently still going to sell him to Bayern Munich even though he looked like the best player on the pitch for the majority of that match. I, I just... Whoa, I don't know what that was. <laughs> was that my dog's out? Leave me alone. <laughs> Jared just doesn't want, me to, doesn't want me to make that point. But regardless, I, <laughs> I, I, thought, I, thought Hudson, I thought Hudson Adoy was the best player on the pitch for periods of time. The EFL Cup match between Spurs and Chelsea. And Chelsea are still going to sell him. And you look at Chelsea's transfer policy and their signing policy where they don't want to give players above the age of 30 more than one year on their contracts, which is why Fabregas left to go to Monaco. Iguain, I think, is a superior striker to Morata and that he actually scores goals. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for a striker that actually does anything of substance, it's a good place to start. But he is on the tail end of his career and in order to be able to pry him away. Chelsea, you're probably going to have to spend another 40 million pounds. And is it worth it to get a player that's 31 years of age? I saw today on ESPN FC that they actually have their prediction for the end of the season that Chelsea finishes sixth, that uh, Manchester United will usurp Arsenal for top four, Arsenal will finish fifth, and Chelsea will finish sixth. And the reality is, I don't know about the whole Arsenal part, but certainly the Chelsea part looks substantive. I, I, it, We'll see... Not this weekend, but next weekend when Chelsea come to the Emirates and play Arsenal. But if Chelsea lose that match and they don't get a striker of substance, and I'm not sure that Iguain counts, I'd have a hard time not counting Chelsea out for the rest of the campaign. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just when you have they have so much talent, like you guys are saying, it's just hard for me to see them not at least making a top four spot you know like they're just so good and i think their manager is phenomenal i mean i think sorry ball gets exposed sometimes when it, when it works holy <laughs> shit like god damn like it, it is nice it is very nice so but jared do you have any thoughts 
They're angry. They're all angry. He's 31 years old. And the fact that he's only scored one more goal than Murata in, uh, in, in league play than the same number of goals in the Europa League. I'm just, I'm still freaking mad at him for uh, uh, scoring goals against Spurs, but that's beside the point. The, uh, I think he scores big goals. I think he's a useful pickup, but uh I don't know. Chelsea's been spoiled with great strikers in the past. So guess what? This is how the rest of the world works, idiots. Uh, you know, <laughs> if they're trying to really, you know, land it, land the new net new striker, Iguain's not it. I mean, this is nothing more than a stopgap. This is them just simply reacting to the pressure of the anti-Murata chants that are going through that, you know, uh, wonderful, perfect, you know, schoolboy. Uh, a supporters group that is Chelsea. Uh, they all, they're all awful. Uh, so I, this is a band aid. This is nothing. They'll sign him to one year, you know, to placate those supporters, and then they better go out and uh, you know strike fire. I think Pulisic is a great start. It bums me out as an American that he's going to be wearing a blue shirt. Uh, I love it as an American that we have another one in the league. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh i this is nothing more than a band-aid and they're going to keep on shopping and sorry he's uh uh, really really going to be asking for a big person in the summer well abramovich is the putin of the premier league the man will do anything (laughs) to essentially get what he wants so my, my next question is actually a tottenham question so boys James, Jared, um, there's been rumors that Dembele might be leaving for China. So obviously you guys did not have any signings in the summer, which, you know, a lot of people, you know, not me, not, no, I would not say not me, um, (laughs) you know, had some, you know, concerns about that. Obviously it's been fine. Um, Do you guys see you, obviously you've been having the construction with the new stadium. You've been having, you know, some contract concerns, but um, do you guys see you do splashing any money in the January transfer window? I, I, in our recent podcast, I said no, but do you, have you heard anything? Oh Oh, God, please do it. Good grief. (laughs) James, go ahead. Yeah. I I think everything that, you know, Jared and I are going to say is going to be very similar because we have the same uh, kind of thought pattern on this, but uh, yes, they desperately need to do it. Are they going to do it? It's looking increasingly like they won't. Um, A lot of people put it down to the fact that yes, we just built a brand new stadium and we're going to have to start paying that off. But you have to think, you know, if you're Daniel Levy and you've just bought a new stadium, you still have to keep the team functioning, right? You're not going to suddenly just rely on, as much as I love the system that we employ where we bring up these these youth players, you can't rely on that system to be bulletproof for the next five, ten years. I mean, you have to go out and buy some decent talent to, to challenge for it. You know, you can't mm-hmm. always be comfortable with... Fourth spot, fifth spot, fourth, third. Yes, we have grown under Pochettino, and I love that. And uh, I think, you know, long may it continue. But, James, uh, I don't know if you heard, Pochettino has been talking to Arsene Wenger. So enjoy <laughs> third, fourth, third, fourth, third, fourth, uh, third, fourth. I refuse to acknowledge that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a challenge as a Spurs fan to to see the fact that we're not getting any you know, any of these really good players into the club. We have the draw now because we've got Champions League. We've got a brand new stadium. I mean, we've got players like Harry Kane, obviously attracting a lot of world attention now. So you think on one level that these big players would want to come to the club, but it's clearly down to the agents and the negotiators and whoever, uh, Daniel Levy too, um, that nothing is 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 transferring over to us in in that positive mm-hmm. way. So yeah, I I don't know. I want to say I want to be optimistic about maybe getting one or two signings, 
But the fact that, yes, Moussa Dembele, in answer to your question, I believe he is now going to the Chinese league. And I think 11 million is an absolute steal. I think Spurs are being robbed almost of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worth a lot more than that. Um, but and you don't agree? No, no, I, think, I, I, I mean, in this market, just real quick, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. I mean, in this market, I would put him at at least probably 30. I mean, yeah, like in, like, in this yeah. market. That's the, and, yeah. is, how old is he? He's got to be 32 years of age. I feel like 11 million pounds for a 32-year-old player on his last year of a contract <laughs> is highway robbery. And that's, no, oh, Daniel Levy's actually done quite well. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe a midline 20. But anyway, we can talk about that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, 75, I, 76. <laughs> See, there's the there's the mind pattern that me and Jared think about. But anyway, um, <laughs> plus the fact too that I'm hearing now that Christian Eriksen might be on his way to Real Madrid. Again, these are all rumors, and you don't know what to believe at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, with all these players going out, and yes, the youth academy is great, but we need to replace them with some top quality players. I'm sorry, it's 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 got to be done. All right. Well, I, I I will now present the next question. The boys, the you know fellow gunner gooner of the podcast, um, Aaron Ramsey is reportedly going to Juventus either in January or at the end of the summer um, on a free transfer, I believe. Um, the rumors I've been hearing this is not good business for Arsenal. We've had a bad run of you know giving away good talent for what they're not worth. I mean, we have Chesney, we have, uh, what's his name at Bayern Munich? Not Nabry. I can't say his Serge, name. Serge, Serge Nabry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, boys, what are your thoughts on this? What, what Ramsey, I've heard people saying he's an Arsenal legend. I think that's bullshit. I, I maybe they're just extending the goalposts now for what a legend is. I, do I not know what a legend is anymore? But, um, boys, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Arsenal transfer business? First and foremost, if you want to define a, a legend at Arsenal, it's Nicholas Bentner. That's a damn legend. Uh, the no, man's on house arrest, please. Don't. <laughs> only for like 45 days. Uh, that's it? Okay. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think in this era of Arsenal where nothing has been won since 2004 or 2005, You've had FA Cups, who scored the game winner in two of the three, Aaron Ramsey. Is he a legend, as defined by this era of Arsenal, perhaps? But I certainly think it's one of those situations where Arsenal failed immensely in the in the summer transfer window by not selling Ramsey if this was their intent. Uh, you know, you can't even really argue that he's been an integral member of the Arsenal squad this season. He's playing in EFL Cup matches he's playing in borderline nonsensical Europa League matches or FA Cup matches against Blackpool it's obvious that Unai Emery doesn't value him that much part of this is the fact that Arsenal have hamstrung themselves by paying Mesut Ozil 350,000 pounds a week uh it looks like Ramsey is going to Juventus for 140,000 pounds a week which is ridiculous I mean that's a value in terms of what Ozil has given you this season. But I think the most frustrating thing that you have to take away from this as an Arsenal fan is that you look at Liverpool's ability to sell Jordan Ibe for like 25 or 30 million pounds or Dominic Origi for 30 or 35 million pounds. And you're like, those guys have scored like two goals. What in the world is going on when, you know, I've enjoyed Burnt Lino this season, I think he's been certainly better than Czech and an interesting young keeper. But it's inarguable that 
we sold Wojciech Chesney, who is the starting goalkeeper for Juventus, a team that might cha- that might challenge for the Champions League for 10 or 12 million pounds. And he was on the squad. And we can have arguments as to whether or not he's a better keeper than Burnt Lino. He's certainly an equal keeper to Burnt Lino. And we had him and didn't have to spend any money on him. And instead, we spent 30 million on Lino. And the thing is that you look at that and you just have to wonder what even Gazidis was even doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we watched so many players, whether or not it's Serge Nabry, hell, even Wilshire in the year before he went on a free. We could have gotten money for him. We could have gotten money for Ramsey. I'm as cronky out as any Arsenal fan that exists. I hate that guy. Not only does he not inject money into the club, he has a relationship to the Mizzou Tigers, and they're the Tottenham Hotspur of the NCAA athletics. So it's one of those situations where I don't get that reference because I'm too British, but it sounds insulting. So, so Stan, Stan <laughs> Kroenke's problems, yes. <laughs> Stan Kroenke's son Josh played basketball for Mizzou. That's how close uh, oh, the Kroenkes are to Mizzou with all that Walton Walmart money. Uh, but it is one of those situations where Arsenal are the architects of their own demise. You know, whether or not it be Wenger, whether or not it be Gazidis, the players have been out there that we could have sold. Ozil included, they could have brought money into the club. And instead, we've allowed contracts to run, and we basically allowed Mesut Ozil to create a mercenary contract of 350,000 pounds a week that he hasn't deserved this campaign by any stretch of the imagination. And it's killing our wage bill. And the thing is, you know, you look back at the Alexis uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan swap deal, obviously. Alexis making half a million pounds per week at United is a ridiculous deal. But Arsenal have been equally sort of impacted by Mkhitaryan's almost 200,000 pounds a week, and he's doing little more than Sanchez. And it's the same deal, overblown wage budgets. It's going to take Emery the winter window where I we've been debating about this, but I'm still going to say it because I think it's great. It's no money, no problems, which is the Arsenal winter window of 2019. But there's <laughs> the idea that the sixth richest club in world football has no money to spend on transfers and can only loan players in is perhaps the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And the only people we have to blame are the people that were in charge of the club for the last three or four years. Now, I, uh, I I think you had a great um, quote before we started the uh, show, which now I'm going to steal is mo money, mo problems. So is that OK? Can I steal that now? Oh, I said it. it's no money, mo problems, though. Uh, we have you know, no money, yep. not mo of it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're not Man City. That 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 actually be Man City, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, but all right, guys, I have two final questions. One question is, um Wayne Rooney was recently arrested, and yeah, this is taking a twist. Um, wow, in yeah, a, he did. in a DC airport for you know he had a few to drink, he had a few beverages. Um, you know, is this is this okay for a world superstar to be doing? James, open up to you. Is is it just him being you know just a lad? Is is this fine or what? What do you what do you make of this? Because for me, I feel like we've all been in a situation where we could have been arrested for drunk and disorderly. What, what do you make of this? Um, yeah, I'm, he's a. Uh, left. All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Crack open my blue moon hit. No, yeah, I mean he comes uh, out as a 
a bit of a lad, as you put it, for doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, because he is still in the game in the MLS now, I mean, he should really know, know better, to be honest. Um, he hasn't had, a, I mean, I have to rattle my brain here going way back. He didn't have significant drinking problems that I heard of when he was playing uh, Manchester United, Everton, whatever year it was. Um, so this, yeah, I mean, it comes as big news, maybe because of the fact that, uh, you know, from an English perspective, maybe Americans can be a little more strict on drinking rules and being drunk and disorderly. Not that the Brits can't, but maybe mm -hmm. he just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, whatever the situation is. But honestly, yeah, I think, you know, whatever league you're playing in whatever sport it is i mean you people know who you are and so i think you have to have a little bit more kind of like decorum if you want to put it that way when you go <laughs> out to uh, to certain places sure i mean everyone wants to have fun we all want to let loose and get drunk and you know all that stuff mm -hmm. uh, but i mean it, that's the responsibility you have when you become an athlete right is you have to kind of be a role model for these people um now i don't know what exactly he was saying to warrant his arrest um i just heard he was just being drunk and disorderly um maybe that'll come out maybe you guys know i don't but um mm, a lot of uh see you next tuesdays were said probably. oh well uh, yeah yeah I would, I, would, I, would, I would i would assume i would assume he got arrested at an airport just hysterical which dc airport though dulles he was flying internationally he got arrested have you been to dulles have you been to dulles it is a terrible terrible are we allowed to curse on this i don't care it's a shithole you can Fuck yeah. My favorite thing about this whole thing that somebody else, I can't take credit for this, said is that the December 16th, which is when he got arrested, was the day that Man U lost 3-1 to Liverpool. So the theory is that he got really pissed off by their performance and then got drunk and started yelling at people. But as somebody who's been drunk at an airport more than one time mm -hmm. we've all yeah that's fine boys we can be we can be honest here go ahead <laughs> i'm glad that this is a safe space uh like there's it would take so much to get to get arrested at an airport for being drunk like mm -hmm. the level of things that i have seen at an airport from people that are hammered like it, it's a, a plane beyond even the bar in the middle of a district like the man had to have been like i'm gonna I'm going to hook up with your nan drunk at Dulles <laughs> in order to be able to get arrested by the police. That's, that's all I can. Uh, Jared, please follow up. And then I have one final question is for James. So James, prepare yourself. All right, all Jared, right, go ready. ahead. <laughs> I honestly echo boys. Dulles sucks. Right, it's fine. Mm. Let the man have a drink. Let the man, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't hurt people i guess and by the way you know the word uh james can probably vouch for this you know a little a little see you next tuesday is a uh, is a little different to the brits you know, mm. let him go actually it's true yeah i learned that the hard way too i won't go into the whole story now but uh <laughs> the word the word over here is like the world's gonna turn inside out when you say mm. it whereas in england when you oh, say what, it, it's like, hey, everyone cheers you know so i don't know oh cunt James, you can say a cunt. Okay. I, I, I can't. I feel like uh, in this country, I'll get I'll get deported. Um, on these, on these airwaves, you can say British it. British enunciation of can't is close <laughs> enough. Pretty much, actually. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, James. My final question is, and then I need you to get your like feedback. Um, do you know what a cheeky Nando's is? I. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I do, yeah. I do okay, can, okay, I'm going to do my like take on Cheeky Nando's. I want you to tell me how accurate it is. Okay, you ready? Oh, all right, go for it. <laughs> all right. 
me and a couple of lads are heading down to Spoons, and you know, we take this little side pack, and then I check my wallet, and then I say, oh, wait, I check my card, me ma, I check, and you know, I got some money, I got some, uh, a few uh, pence on, on me card, and you know, she said, oh, look, I got a... I got some money on my Nando's cards. Head down for a cheeky Nando's. How was that? Was that good? I mean, yeah. Regionally, you kind of skipped around a little bit. I think you started <laughs> yeah. in Huddersfield and then floated to Liverpool, but uh, you oh, ended what there. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> all right, you I just want Nando's, which is what's important, right? Peri peri chicken all the way. That's um, true. Yeah, it's great so, chicken. Yeah, six out of okay. six out of ten, maybe, maybe seven. I'll be nice. All right. Well, thank you. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, <laughs> James, anyone, please give all the links, tell where the people can find who kicked the corner flag, um, where they can listen, um, and all your social media. Go right ahead. All right. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for having us on. This has been a blast. It's been a real good time. Um, for me especially, because I'm very impartial usually on our, on our podcast, so it's nice to uh, tell boys that Arsenal sucks. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, <laughs> He's so- not kidding. um yes so the links to our show uh obviously twitter is our main uh, our main go-to so the handle for that is at kick corner flag and we retweet post everything so uh that's our big go-to we have a website which is kickflag.com which will post uh, occasional blog postings and thoughts and all that fun stuff about the premier league and fa cup and all that jazz uh facebook we have a a facebook page which is facebook.com slash kick corner flag um, and again, we'll post all our links to our episodes and our website and everything's kind of interlinked there. Um, so yeah, any one of those three is going to be your best bet. Um, we do post once a week. Um, obviously, whatever happens in the Premier League, we'll talk about that, like I mentioned earlier. And we just have a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, little quiz to throw in there at the end. So it's it's all a good time. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, thanks for having us on, Kevin. It's been great. Yeah, no worries. Um, this is a lot of fun. And if you're listening to this right now, and if you don't subscribe, we're not friends. So if you're you you need to go follow, listen to these guys because they're way more knowledgeable than me and Martin about the game. Um, And boys and Jared, if you guys want to plug yourselves, go or well, not literally plug yourselves. But, you know, you're like, (laughs) um, like, wow. You're so um, (laughs) No, I mean, it's 2019. I mean, anything goes. Gender is a spectrum. So, boys, Jared, go right ahead. I was just going to say, go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Follows the KC Spurs, uh, and again, if you're ever in Kansas City, uh, please, the doors open. We are at facebook.com slash Kansas City Spurs. Um, go Spurs, Arsenal sucks, right, James? Okay. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to go with KC Gooners. Uh, we are at KC Gooners on Twitter and Instagram uh, during the 20 FA or 2015 FA Cup Final. We had 250 people at Johnny's, which I think... Probably still a record for a supporters club in Kansas City. Uh, always measuring, always measuring. Interesting. <laughs> Everyone, I mean, come check out Boyce's pickup truck. It's huge. <laughs> Drives it for no reason. Uh, I mean, it's it's like trophies and other things. Spurs like to get into the the ethereal. Uh, maybe we should talk about goals in a calendar year or that one time we beat Real Madrid. Uh, That'd be it's great. Fun. Yeah, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep this rolling, guys. What else do you want to talk about? Um, we can talk about the like cobwebs and metaphysical trophies that are in Spurs cabinet. No, uh, Ooh. Ooh. no, I, it's one of the situations where uh, credit to Casey Cop and uh, Kansas City Spurs, as well as hopefully us, the, those three clubs have a very ardent support group in Kansas city. And, uh, 
Sporting Kansas City likes to call this the soccer capital of America. I, I certainly hope that, that Jared, James, and I are doing our part to bolster that alongside U.S. soccer for building their training facility here. So uh, in the event that anybody's here, both of our pubs are downtown, uh, readily readily accessible from the streetcar that we have. We'd love to have you in Kansas City. We'll treat you right. And uh, whether or not you're drinking at Strange Days or Johnny's, uh, a dollar of what you're drinking goes to a, a good cause and a good place. So all the more reason to come join us in Kansas City. Here, here. Yep, All agreed. right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please make sure to check out their show. Subscribe, listen, retweet, like, fucking reply. I don't give a shit. Just do it right <laughs> now. And thank you guys again so much. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Fire.